NFL training camp week one had its highlights. Tell me you saw Deuce Vaughn. But it also had its Woo. injuries. The latest on Joe Burrow, latest on Jalen Ramsey. And now Cowboys camp, Dak Prescott's guaranteeing he'll have fewer interceptions this year. He had 15 last year. Tim Kalashaw, over or under for your QB? Oh, under, not more than 12. Uh, used to be oh. the guaranteed Super Bowl. Now it's how many interceptions. Let's go around the horn. What kind of homer answer do you expect from Tim? How many were two? Is there enough bubble wrap in the world to get through NFL training camp? The latest on Joe Burrow. Everyone, please stop calling and offering us your calf muscles. It doesn't work like that. Joey will be back. That's straight from the Bengals' mouth. Reporting his calf straight. The latest on Jalen Ramsey, who got tangled up with Tyreek Hill. Knee surgery this afternoon on his meniscus. ACL said to be intact. The reporting here from Ian Rappaport, possibly out until December. So we all saw that on Thursday. Every team holds its breath through Friday. Every session now going forward, you imagine. Does football have a training camp problem? Can anything be done? And on the Bengals and Burrow, Dolphins and Ramsey, around the horn, Tim Kalashaw. No, they've already done it, Tony. As somebody who remembers being in Austin in the heat for two-a-days 30 years ago, Jimmy Johnson doing Oklahoma drills, that's with a Super Bowl defending champion. Or even 20 years ago, Bill Parcells looking at Roy Williams saying, where's the wood, Roy? I don't see the wood. And, and waiting for his safety to just light up a running back at the goal line. They don't do any of that stuff in practice anymore. They practice 90 minutes in these glorified walkthroughs, and they do everything they can to make sure everybody is healthy the second week of September. But there's going to be guys like Burrow roll out, calf injuries, groin injuries. These things are going to happen. A calf injury is a big one for a quarterback. Dak had it last year, and these things linger, and they can lead to other things. So you got to be careful. But they've, 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 they've taken these practices down to nothing already. Here's the bonus for that Bill Parcells impression from Kalashaw. You did the lips. You. you did the mouth very well. Bill Plasky. Lips are the key. Is there anything that can be done here, or is this just the way it is? Well, I think they have to practice. I mean, they've got to practice. They've got to get ready for the season. But I want to know is why they play. Why do they play games? Colleges don't play games. Why do they play ex exhibition? Oh, games? you mean why preseason? That's a different game? question. But yes, I hear what you're saying. Why? Why is there? Why is there? I think Tim game? is telling you. It's 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 floating on his screen right now. It's money. That's why they play those games, Blasky. <laughs> Sean McVay set the tone for everybody when he stopped and he held everybody out of preseason games. I think teams shouldn't play any of their starters in any preseason games. At all, follow McVeigh's lead, and maybe that, that'll lead to less injury. But but as far as practice, Burrow, that was a non-contact contact injury. They've got to practice. I mean, there, there's no way around. Martenzi Johnson, you saw Joe Burrow go down yesterday. Like every NFL fan, you're like, oh no, and he's the quarterback that hadn't been paid this past off season. But it looks like he'll be okay. What's your takeaway? The takeaway is that there's nothing that you can do to answer your first question. Mm -hmm. There's less contact in pre pra uh, there's less contact in practices. There's less preseason games. They're wearing the the padding on their helmet that Tim hates. So they're doing everything they can to protect their players. But <laughs> the injuries that happened to Burrow and Ramsey could happen in seven and seven football. It could have happened in tag football. You, running into someone like Ramsey did has nothing to do with tackle football. And it's a non-contact injury for Joe Burrow where no one even hit him. 
uh, like a Tom Brady or something like that a couple years ago. So uh, as far as the outlook for these teams, um, I guess for Burrow it's better because he doesn't have to have surgery. But for the Dolphins, uh, that first game against the Chargers, if Caesars is going to let people bet the over-under how many – uh, times the backup defensive back is going to get targeted in that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I would take that over right. on that one. Yeah. Can you go to season outlook right now, Harry Lyles Jr. for the Dolphins, or you're you're not there just yet? That's fine. But Ramsey was, you know, big acquisition, and now not there for the start of the season. It looks like. Well, so actually, I, I do think that of the two injuries, the Dolphins have actually put themselves in a position to where they were actually prepared for this this year. They were not prepared for it last year where they had three cornerbacks miss a combined 45 games, whereas now they actually have the depth for that because even after they got Jalen Ramsey, they drafted Cam Smith in the second round out of South Carolina. So they're in a much better position this year and prepared for that than they would have been otherwise. But the thing about this is you really can't prevent these things from happening. There's only so much limitations that you can place on these guys. They still have to go out there and practice. These things happen. They're world-class athletes. Their bodies are fragile despite being some of the highest performing ones on the planet. And I will say this too. You guys remember that NFLPA survey that came out that a lot of the players had talked about different facets of different franchises. When it came to training staff as well as strength staff, the Dolphins and Bengals both had two of the best mm. in the NFL. So these are just things that you can't avoid. Good point. I'll, I'll say this. You've been outside today. It feels like King Kong Bundy is sitting on your chest. It's a million degrees. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe a little bit slower, a lot of water, you know. But every team holds its breath throughout training camp. We'll move on. Baseball, trade deadline four days away. Mets getting out in front, dealing reliever David Robertson today to the Marlins for two minor leaguers in rookie league. The team with a $380 million Payroll, $100 million tax, our sellers. Could Verlander and Scherzer be next? And what exactly was this year for the New York Mets? Bill Plasky, around the one to you. Perhaps the biggest disappointment in baseball history. No team has ever spent more money than them, and they're the fifth worst team in the National League. They're an embarrassment. This is the start of break. The problem is, how are they going to break them up? The Verlander and Scherzer have $40 million next year getting paid. They're aging pitchers. Can they trade them? Six of their top seven highest-paid players have variations of no-trade clauses in their contract. The only other one is Alonzo, and they're not trading him. Who else can they trade? Who else can go? I mean, are they going to trade Brandon Nimmo? They're not going to trade him. They'll trade Tommy Pham, maybe? They won't get anything for him. They're stuck. This team is a disappointment, a disgrace, and they're stuck. Martez Johnson? Yeah, I got to agree with Bill here. Uh, there's not much that they can do. Verlander and uh, Scherzer, just get the money aside. Both of them, they double essentially their ERA from last year. So they're not playing well. Diaz isn't there from a non-contact injury we were just talking about. It doesn't yeah. look good for them. But I think overall for Steve Cohen, the lesson to learn here is just because you can spend the money doesn't mean you just have to spend it on anybody. Spend it on the right people. The Baltimore Orioles know this more than anyone. They, they have eight games on you on the AL. East and their payroll is five oh, times right, right. They, they, what's yours. They're, they're, we're talking uh, about Baltimore. They bottomed out their payroll, though, in recent history and really committed to a future. Now, the Mets fans, they woke up and they heard they got two eight teenagers for, for a player, you know, and you're just like, what's up? My, my, my question to you, Harry Lyles Jr., is can they do anything? We know it's a failure. Can they really do anything to reset the team? Or are we looking like a, like a total loss here? 
I mean, they can, because I do think that there are going to be teams that are going to feel good about themselves as the deadline approaches, and everybody's got a price, right? Even though they might not want to get rid of Verlander and uh, Scherzer, there might still be a team that comes around and gives the right price. But you know what, Tone? We talked about Bill Parcells earlier, or Tim did at least. Let's bring him up again, because, you know, he talked a famous quote about uh, buying groceries, right? Sometimes you need to grow your own garden, right? If they look in their own division, the Atlanta Braves wow. and their core, if you look at Albies, Acuna, Riley, wisdom. you That's can't always brilliant. just buy your own team you have to grow your own garden so if you're the Mets maybe this is a lesson I'm all for the vegetarian diet here Harry Lyles Jr. is putting out there Tim Kalish how about you oh. hard to follow Chauncey Gardner here but, <laughs> but here's what I think about the way they're they're talking about this do they really want to go all in on getting rid of these guys the Mets won 102 games last year who's to say keeping all the guys they're obviously going to keep Alonzo and Lindor and some of those guys and a little better health with Verlander, who has pitched well lately. Yeah. A little better health with Scherzer. Who's to say they can't win 90 games next year? I don't know that they want to tear it down. Now, if they get somebody to bite on one of those very expensive pitchers and maybe pay half their salary next year, maybe they do that deal. But I won't be surprised if the Mets don't do much after this run. So you just call it a perfect storm and you move on from there. The idea of Verlander or Scherzer available for potentially available, for a team in a pennant race. Anybody want to nominate anyone out there? Bill Plaschke? No, I mean, I don't think, I don't think anybody's going to want him. I just think really? it's too risky. And really? Tim's talking about them getting Tim's talking about them getting healthier. They're getting older, Tim. They're not getting you healthier. See? They're getting more fragile. They're not, they're not all older. Pete Alonzo's not old. But you, you get, uh, as far as Ver, uh, Verlander, how about the Houston Astros? He had pretty good success with them. He's pitched well lately. They need starting pitching. It's what they don't have this year. They have everything else. They've almost got the Rangers. What if they want to pay half his salary next year? What do the Mets do then? Lord Tenzi, you brought up Edwin Diaz. That's where it all started to go wrong for the Mets, and that was, of course, all in the wrong. baseball classic. You called it a non-contact. Maybe, I don't know. They were celebrating, and he was really excited. There was contact. There was no there. contact, and he got hurt. It happens, you know, and that's the same thing with Joey Burrow. Mm-hmm. Take a break right here. Cowboys camp again. Let's go back in. Because Deuce Vaughn, look at him scoot. Ah, uh, look at him go. You might remember what he did at Kansas State <laughs> and what he did versus Alabama in the Sugar Bowl specifically. My question here is, is there a place in the NFL for a 5'5", 175-pound running back? Harry Lyles Jr.? I mean, Tone, to me, the easy comparison is Darren Sproles, almost the same size. They went to the same school, mm. and actually, yeah. Deuce Vaughn got in contact with him his sophomore year and has been getting advice from him ever since. That's probably going to help him along the way. Take a break. Buy or sell on the other can't side. Can't tackle what you can't see. Mm-hmm. You can see that helmet. Around the Horn is presented by Corona. Please drink responsibly. Part of Happy Hour. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. 
Exclusions apply. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome back to Around the Horn, brought to you by Chase. Coming to you from the Seaport District at Pier 17. New York Giants camp, Saquon Barkley there. And smiling and dominating and opening up about why he signed so suddenly this week. He says he was disappointed but had an epiphany. Said it took maturity to recognize the reality and the business and that showing up and playing the game he loves and doing it at a high level is what he's going to do. Bill, how do you hear Barkley there compared to what he said last week before he signed? I heard it's a great message. It's a mature message. All young athletes should see this. You want to get paid, you got to play. You, you, the most important ability is availability. He's got to be out there. That's how he'll make his money. He would have cost him a ton of money if he sat in the sidelines. He's just been pouting. It had been babyish. He did a mature thing. Good for him. Tim Callishaw? I'm going to say this is the worst holdout in NFL history. Not that it's not good to have him back. Everybody wants the good players back. But there were these stories. Oh, he may sit out the entire season. He's so upset. They barely modified the contract. And they didn't even Jeez. take out the possibility of franchising him next year. And he came running across the line to sign as soon as he recognized there is no point in holding out. They can't adjust the contract. But he came to that recognition. I got to know, at home, do you have That's a list? That's the rule. How did he not know that before now? He should have known that six at months home, ago. At home, Tim keeps a list on his on his, on his board. Uh, the worst holdouts worst holdout. in the history of sport. Okay. Harry Lyles, <laughs> Jr., please. So I think the key word here is reality. Usually in these situations, the only leverage a player has is withholding playing, and that wasn't enough in this situation. He even said it himself, if I sit out the entire year, nobody's going to find value in that, and the next team is not going to want to pay me more after doing that thing. So I think this is a thing that while the running backs are correct and that they are unfairly compensated, it's something that you're not going to be able to fix until March 2030 when it's time to renegotiate the CBA. Uh, I got to push back first on Bill saying that you got to pay to play. He did play last year. He had 1,300 yards. He bounced back from two injury plague seasons. And what's he rewarded with is getting franchise tax. So, uh, if anything, the lesson is don't touch the because they might, you know. Right. But I, I wonder, he used the word being mature and maturity. But I don't know. Bill, do you think he was being immature a week ago? I don't think he was being immature. He was coming to grips with a reality that many on this show have said is unfair to the running back. It's unfair, but you know what? He was he he realized he was wrong and he realized his mistake and that's maturity. Martenzi. I don't think he was wrong. Uh, I, I think his 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 threat was empty. He, he wasn't saying it with his chest in that video, so I never really believed he was going to do it. And then also that Zoom call with the other running backs, if not, Nothing came out of it saying we will withhold our labor unless you treat us properly. And unless they do that, unless they all decide we're not going to do it, then there's no way this is going to change for Barkley, for Josh Jacobs, for anybody. Buy or sell two. Aaron Judge back in New York. Return imminent. 
maybe tonight. This series versus the first place Baltimore Orioles. It's been eight weeks since he broke through the fence in Los Angeles. His rehab is kind of under wraps. Whether he looked 100% with the injured big toe in any video that was shown was something fans were debating. Tim, with Judge returning, is this Yankee team a playoff team? Uh, I think they are. I think they're close enough now. I mean, you look at he's replacing either Isaiah Kiner-Falefa or Jake Bowers. That's who's been leading up. This is a massive upgrade. Their pitching is pretty much top 10 in every meaningful category. It's good enough. Get Judge back in the lineup. They're a wild card. They're not gonna. They're not gonna. Aaron Lowes Jr. Yeah, I think they'll they'll get back into competing for the wild card. Look, they're 19 and 23 without him, 30 and 19 with him in the lineup. And if they're going to start making headway on this, they need to do it now because not only do they have the Orioles coming up, obviously, they've also got the Rays and they've got the Astros. All those teams you're chasing, so now's the time. Denton Johnson. Yeah, breaking news, the Yankees are a better team with Aaron Judge. You can just look at the run differential with him there, plus 48 without him there, minus 37. And throughout this time that they've missed him, they've been missing hitting, they've been missing on base percentage, they've been missing slugging percentage, they've been missing all of that. And guess what? Aaron Judge. But he's just one in a lineup of nine. Bill Plaschke, how about you? Yeah, this is he affects this team more than any other single player affects any team in baseball. He affects them in the dugout. He affects them on the field. He affects them at the plate. He he runs that team. He's a juice of that team. And I say this is a this weekend is a must play series for Aaron Judge. He's got to get back now. They fell out of there. They, they fell out of the wild card race when he was out. He needs to make his comeback and make it now. They still will have maybe five guys under 220. Even with Judge back in the lineup. We'll move on. Baseball does a Player of the Week award. And as we all know, after yesterday, it was clinched in one day. So I want to talk about Shohei Otani's day. The one-hit shutout in the first game of the doubleheader and the two-home run nightcap. The legit question, could that be the most impressive day in Major League Baseball history? Make the case for or against the greatest day in the history of Major League Baseball. Harry Lyles Jr. around the horn to you. Tony, they've been playing baseball basically as long as the light bulb has been around. There have been 20,448 players to play. If he just did one or the other, that would be most players' best day. I will give him at the very least this being a top three. The only one that immediately comes to mind for me is Don Larson's perfect game in the World Series. But it's got to be top three at the very, okay. very least. That was just one side of the field. Martenzi Johnson, could this have been the greatest day in Major League Baseball history? Uh, I'm impartial uh, for obvious reasons. I'm going to say Jackie Robinson was the greatest day. But as far as unfilled production, yes, I do think, as Harry says, doing one of these things is really impressive. But to do both on the same day, which I don't know if Harry said this, never been done before, that's super impressive. And he's doing it with two catastrophic injuries, Tony. One being that disgusting broken fingernail that he has, but also that that ailing back from from carrying the team this entire season which <laughs> okay. if you I look know at that second home there. run right. yesterday running around the bases he might actually have a hurt back as well. Bill Plasky. <laughs> I woke up yesterday morning and started typing a column that said the Angels should have traded Otani. By the time I got to the column he had, he had thrown a one hit shutout. By the time I finished the column he had hit two you more home runs and then back of the doubleheader. It was the greatest day in baseball history for Otani and the worst day in baseball history for Bill Plaschke. Uh, Bill, I love you, man. Great admission there. This is Sometimes that's how it is, right? Tim Kalashaw. If it takes Plasky six hours to write a column, he's in the wrong business. <laughs> that's, right. that's, 
That's too much work. Thoughtful columns, Tim. I'm surprised our Braves historian Harry Lyles didn't mention that in 1966, when Harry was just a lad, Tony Cloninger, uh, pitcher for the Braves, two grand slams in one game, nine RBIs. How's that for a day? Tony Cloninger, 1966, a history lesson from Tim Kalashoff. A complete game win on the mound. Two grand slams and nine, nine RBIs. RBIs. And then uh, Rick Wise pitched a no-hitter and threw, uh, threw a no-hitter and had two home runs in another game in the 1970s. Earl Wilson had a homer in a... In a, in a How about Ted Williams? Last day of the season, could have set out, hitting 400, instead decided to play. Went six of eight in a doubleheader. That's another all-time day. Wow. Kalashaw, Lyle. That's our showdown next. Here we go. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Around the Horn is presented by Corona. Please drink responsibly. Part of happy hour. And in part by Liberty Mutual Insurance. Only pay for what you need. Showdown, showdown, showdown. What happened in the first inning of Cubs cards last night? Hap hitting Contreras on the backswing. Contreras having to leave the game. Michaelis then buzzing Hap once, then hitting Hap in the butt. Umps ejecting Michaelis after conference, but with no warnings. Dugout chirping ensued. Over the only issue warnings. And especially some chirping from the announcers here. Feel for baseball. Have a little feel for the game. What was fair? What was foul, Tim Kalashaw? Nothing fair about this whole year for the St. Louis Cardinals, Tony. Let me get this straight. They lost their pitcher and their catcher because Ian Happ can't control his bat and is, like, posing with this one-arm swing. I think you hit the catcher in the head, make it an automatic out. Make it the opposite of catcher's interference. Mm. Batter's interference, you're mm. out. Lells Jr. Well, I'm certainly not going to. I'm certainly not going to feel bad for the Cardinals by any means. I think all of this is foul. We've got far too many batters hitting catchers on their backswing. I'm still not a fan of retaliation by hitting guys, but at least he hit him in the butt instead of the head. You may be onto something, Tip Kalashow. You may be onto something. Why not? Thirty seconds to face. Uh, college football season is almost upon us, and that'll, it'll always be great, but there's a poll out about the best uniforms in college football, as if, as if that's subjective, as if there aren't automatic things that are true. The, the thing they got right, LSU, which has the best uniforms, they were number two behind Alabama, that's fine. The Big 12's top five does not include the iconic 
beautiful Texas Longhorn uniform. One of the most majestic uniforms any of us have seen for 50 years. Kansas State, number one, with that purple. West Virginia, number four. Are you kidding me? Cincinnati Bearcats, five. <laughs> I was, was okay. Where are the Longhorns? Day for Where are the Longhorns?